Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is August 31st. I'm Steven Masso, and as always, you are listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing a wide variety of things that happened over the weekend with the Dolphins and also news from across the NFL. So some of those things will be this little scrimmage that the Dolphins had. There are some notable details about how the quarterbacks performed in that scrimmage, as well as some guys on the defensive side of the ball. There was also some very important news with Raekwon McMillan who was traded. We will be diving into that. And then Kalen Balaj, we talked about him a little bit in the last episode. There's a quick update I have to give on him. All of that will be discussed in today's episode. So first we will begin with some sad news and it was that Ryan Fitzpatrick's mother passed away over the weekend. And I want to say from everyone here who helps me with Via the Source that we send our prayers and our condolences to the Fitzpatrick family. And I had a ton of good things to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick in the last episode, and I think that's all a testament to what kind of person his mother raised. I mean, the guy is awesome, and to hear that news was absolutely heartbreaking. I can't even, you know, imagine the amount of pain he was in and trying to come in and uh, play football while that was on his mind. He didn't participate in the scrimmage because of it, and, you know, it's completely understandable. I hope that he is okay, and again, everyone here, we send our prayers and our condolences because that is absolutely heartbreaking to hear. Um, now, we will uh, move on to the news about Kalen Balaj to begin the episode. Now, in the last episode, I said that Kalen Balaj was released, and that wasn't entirely true at the moment. The next day, as typical with me, this has happened a few times if you have been listening to the podcast, I wake up the next morning, immediately after I post the episode, there's some breaking news, something happens, there's a plot twist. That is what ended up happening. I woke up that morning, Ian Rappaport tweeted that the Dolphins actually didn't release Kalen Balaj. Instead, they traded him to the New York Jets to reunite with Adam Gase. They traded him for a conditional late round pick. And I was like, dang, I messed up. I'm supposed to be the source. The podcast is called Via the Source and I failed you guys. Well, then I woke up this morning to the news that Kalen Balaj failed his physical and the trade was rebuked by the Jets. So he is now back with the Dolphins who are, as of right now, likely to release him according to to Ian Rappaport. So Kalen Balaj had a pretty short-lived career that was very, very disappointing with the Dolphins, but this was a last little glimmer of hope that we could salvage something and actually get a draft pick. But even on his way out, he managed to kind of fail the team. He failed his physical, and now it looks like we're not going to get anything out of this trade, which was, in a sense, it was miraculous that the Dolphins were able to pull it off. Getting any sort of value out of Kalen Balaj, out of Charles Charles Harris. Uh, both of those were miracles in my eyes, and it looks like that won't be happening. They are likely to release Kalen Balaj, but who knows? Maybe by the time I post this episode, there will be yet another plot twist with the Kalen Balaj saga. So that is the news for Kalen Balaj as of right now. Now we move on to the trade with Raekwon McMillan. McMillan was traded from the Dolphins to the Las Vegas Raiders for a fourth round pick. The Dolphins also give up a fifth round pick. He was in the last year of his contract. There were reports that he wasn't even going to make the team, that he was being outplayed uh, by guys like Landon Roberts, by Kyle Van Noy, and that there was a good chance that he didn't even make 
the team. And this was a trade that there were a lot of people who were understanding, and I'm more on that side of why the Dolphins did it. And on the other side, there were guys who were very disappointed with this trade. And if you're looking at what he was able to do as a run stopper, then I can understand why you are disappointed because he did show flashes again in run stopping that he could be a force at stopping guys before they cross the line of scrimmage. He was a great hitter, a great tackler, and I think those were all great things. But he at least in my eyes, was not working in this system. If you listen to all the guys that talk in their interviews, they all say a very similar thing, that they are versatile, they're able to be wherever the coach wants them. If you look at what the scheme the Dolphins are doing, they're running a lot of nickel. They have a lot of guys who are able to cover people. They have a lot of the cornerbacks on the field at one time. And if you look at what Raekwon McMillan was doing with the Dolphins, terrific as a run stopper. Maybe not terrific, but he was definitely above average and had his moments. But when it came to pass coverage, I think he was an extreme liability. The amount of times that I saw McMillan either get burned by a running back or by a tight end in the seam, there were so many passes that it just looked like he was caught flat-footed and the ball would go directly over him. He was a liability in pass coverage. And I think with what the Dolphins are trying to do right now, uh, you know, they're trying to run a lot of disguises in their defense. You don't really want to know what's happening. I think that is why versatility is so important. And Alandon Roberts has had a ton of positive things coming out so far this training camp. It looks like he has the role locked up. Same thing with Kyle Van Noy. I just don't think Raekwon McMillan really had a place in this defense anymore. And there are still plenty of defenses that could utilize him. I think he will be a better fit over there for the Raiders. I'm not going to go out and say that it was some horrible trade or something that any Dolphin fan should be mad about. I think they got good value and just about right where it should be. So I think it's all, you know, it, it makes sense. And they actually got something out of it. You know, if the, uh, the Dolphins were uh, to actually release them according to the general sentiment that was coming out, then at least they got something in return out of Raekwon McMillan. I'm not mad about this at all. And those are my thoughts on that. Now we'll move on to the scrimmage that happened. And, you know, with the horrible news about Ryan Fitzpatrick, he wasn't able to participate in that and that kind of led to Tua and Rosen being thrust into a position that they weren't necessarily expecting to be in. They were working with teams that they weren't really uh, expecting to be with according to the reports that were coming out from that. You know, again, I'll say I'm in Texas. I wasn't there at the thing. This is coming from reports that I was reading. And even then, the reports cannot be as detailed as some would want it to be because of all the, the odd regulations that are happening this offseason. So what was said, and a lot of this will be coming from various news sources. Travis Wingfield does an awesome job for the Dolphins. Uh, Alf, who does uh, work for three yards per carry, had a nice little article as well that del uh, delved into this topic. So all of this are my sources for this upcoming information. Now, the first thing, how did the quarterbacks perform in this scrimmage? And both of them were kind of up and down. Apparently Tua had an interception. Alf put that he expected or he projected him rather to have gone about 13 for 22, that he had some hiccups. He through this pass and you can go watch the video where it looked like Eric Rowe kind of uh, had better position on the ball and was able to leap in front and snag an interception and then you look at Josh Rosen who had almost an identical stat line the only difference was he had a touchdown he apparently connected with Malcolm Perry on a big 50-yard catch that's another little positive for Malcolm Perry who has been outstanding so far according to all the reports coming out about him and uh, Josh Rosen also threw up this deep 
pass, and it was intercepted by Clayton Fedulum, who was the former Cincinnati Bengal who was just acquired by the Dolphins. People are expecting him to have more of uh, more of a special teams role with the team, but you never know. With injuries, he may have an opportunity. Brian Flores really kind of uh, encourages this anybody can win the role sort of mentality, so who knows? It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but it looks like at some point in the season, he may have a few snaps here and there with the team. Now, for the defensive side of the ball, Travis Wingfield reported that Xavier Howard did not participate, that he was out there in shorts in a t-shirt, and then Alf reported from three yards per carry, and he said that Xavier Howard did participate and that the tandem of him and Byron Jones was everything people build it out to be. So there is some dispute there, and he did say that it might have been Noah Igbenogany, so I'm inclined to believe Travis Wingfield here that Xavier Howard did not participate and that was actually rookie Noah Igbenogany who was playing well alongside Byron Jones. Uh, so that is a huge positive to hear that both of those guys are panning out as expected. Uh, if you've listened to me so far this offseason, I have really been entertaining the idea that the Dolphins might trade Xavier Howard, and I'm still not sold that they are going to keep him through the whole season. He is one guy that I'm kind of keeping on my radar around the trade deadline. If an injury happens to one of these teams that are considered a contender and they need somebody to fill this spot, I would be thinking a team would be very interested in getting a guy like Xavier Howard. So that is just my thoughts on that. Final note from the scrimmage, apparently the one-two punch of Jordan Howard and Matt Breida is also working out very well. And that is something that I think plenty of Dolphin fans should be excited about because their skill set are so compatible. I mean, you have uh, just an absolute wrecking ball in Jordan Howard, a guy who loves contact, a guy who will, he won't make people miss, but he'll run right through them. And then you have Matt Breida, who has been clocked at the fastest ball carrier speed the past two years in the NFL, about as elusive as they come, a guy who can really just outrun an entire defense and make a ton of guys miss. I'm very excited about this duo, but more in particular, I think Matt Breida will be the one if you're thinking fantasy and just overall production rather. I think Matt Breida is the one to have here unless maybe you're in a standard. I think Jordan Howard's role is going to be more along the lines of vulturing some goal line touches. Again, if you're thinking fantasy football, if you're thinking real football, it doesn't really even matter. Just that I think Jordan Howard is going to be the go-to guy in the red zone. So that wraps up the little recap on the Dolphins scrimmage. Now we move on to some news from around the NFL. And this was, you know, you never like to hear about injuries, but this is coming out of the Eagles camp. And the Eagles are a team that are typically ravaged by injuries. I don't know how much of it is just bad luck. I don't know how much of it falls on maybe the medical staff, not the medical staff, but the training staff rather, and uh, what's happening out there. But they are always just ravaged by by injuries, it seems like. If you look at last year, they didn't have any sort of DBs, any sort of wide receivers left on that team. It was it was very hard to watch Carson Wentz roll out with what he had towards the tail end of the season. So then what happened now, Carson Wentz was not playing in their scrimmage because he was hurt. And this is kind of poetic in a sense. I hate to say it, but Carson Wentz didn't play because he was hurt. It's minor, but he was hurt. So who was the quarterback? The quarterback was Jalen Hurts. And then Jalen Hurts went out there 
threw an interception and the tackle was made by Jalen Rager who went out and got hurt on the play. So there's a whole bunch of wordplay there. I saw a lot of people on Twitter captivated by someone who tweeted something along the lines of that. But the big news to take away from is Jalen Rager's injury here. And as of right now, uh, he's having an MRI done. The team is hopeful that it's not something that's too serious, but anytime you have an MRI being done, you are worried about any sort of soft tissue damage. They said that he was holding his wrist and then it was reported that the injury was actually to his shoulder. So if you're having an MRI done, you're worried about a ton of stuff in that area. Uh, the rotator cuff would not be good at all. Uh, if you have any sort of labrum tear, that's something that could require a surgery. That's something that Rashad Jones uh, tried to battle through a whole season with but ended up getting surgery on. That's something I, I have a torn labrum right now and it's absolutely terrible in terms of you know anything overhead. So I imagine that would affect a receiver greatly, but that's all just speculation and stuff that I would be concerned about if I was hearing that someone was getting an MRI done on their shoulder. So we obviously hope for the best. I'm very, I was very big on Jalen Rager. I was hoping the Dolphins could get him, even though I knew they had other needs, but I'm hoping for the best. I do think he has the potential to end up being a wide receiver too for the Eagles, just based on how everything, uh, how their depth chart currently looks with Marquise Goodwin opting out with Deshaun Jackson, you know, kind of getting up there in age and also dealing with that injury from last season. I thought he had a great opportunity. I'm hoping that the injury is not too serious to Jalen Rager. Now, we had a trade, and it was that Yannick Ngakwe got traded from the Jaguars to the Minnesota Vikings. This was a move that I was hoping the Dolphins could pull off. The Vikings ended up doing it. He ends up taking a pay cut. He was franchise tag for this season for $17 million, and he will be cutting it back to around $12 million to be with the Vikings. They end up trading a second round pick and also a 2020 conditional pick that could go up to as much as a third round pick for the Jaguars. So Yannick Ngagwe, I said that he actually, you know, burned the bridges. I thought there was no going back. Some people were debating whether the Jaguars would call him out on his bluff and elect to keep him. That didn't end up happening. They traded him here. It's very interesting to see them, uh, the Vikings make this move because they're going to be pairing him with Danielle Hunter, who's had 14 and a half sacks in the past two seasons. That's a deadly combination there. Uh, you know, you also have Harrison Smith on that defense. You have Eric Kendricks, you have Anthony Barr. Uh, the Vikings during the Kirk Cousins era have always been a defensive team. And I think even now with Kirk Cousins kind of having a down year with them losing Stephon Diggs, they needed to load up on that defense if they want to have any sort of success with Kirk Cousins. I think they were hoping Cousins could be a little bit more than he has panned out to be. But as of right now, he has kind of shown that, you know, I don't think he is as bad as people make him out to be, but he is average at times, slightly better kind of in that Tannehill sort of area, I would put him. And I think Dolphin fans, you know what that means, that you know that you need everything, all the stars to align, everyone to be playing their best. You can't be losing stars, which doesn't happen in football. You're always going to be losing key players. So when you have a guy like Kirk Cousins, you have to be winning by using other parts of your team. I think electing to load up on the defensive side of the ball here, go out and get Ngakwe makes sense for them. I think that is a huge positive for the Vikings. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up this episode. As always, if you could follow me on Twitter, that is at via the source. That's where I've been tweeting most of my football related news. If you care to follow my personal Twitter, you're always welcome 
welcome to. That is at Shady Steven. I would love to talk to you guys on there. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can reach out to me on either of those Twitter, send questions. And if you could leave a review on the Apple podcast app, it does a lot of help. Uh, I have a YouTube channel I've been posting on occasionally that is also at via the source. And if you haven't followed on Twitter already, once I hit the 200 subscriber mark, I will be posting my giveaway. If you've kept up and seen some of the previous giveaways, it's going to be something very similar to that. So I would be definitely keeping my eye out for it. Should be coming soon. I'm about four followers away as of right now. So guys, I'm always appreciative of all the support I get and it means a lot again. Any questions, concerns, anything you would like for me to talk about on the podcast, always feel free to reach out. Until next time, though, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.